previously on Soul Brother Number One of a Kind. Um, whenever I saw him online, I was in that same state of mind to where I was all about bashing black women. And once I got out of that state of mind and I saw that I was doing the same thing that everybody else was doing that caused that whole black bitterness. I'm just, I mean, so you like this cat. You like this this asshole. But you don't like him more, though, but at the time, you, you, you was feeling uh, like, man, this guy's pretty, years I like ago, his flavor. I was, I was like a really big coon, though. Coon, though. Coon. So just a couple years ago, I was cooning hard, and I was all, we're the same as them if we're mean to them and hurt their feelings type of coon. So we kind of, we were there whenever it came to our reality. It's just that he hasn't grown as a person, from what I hear, and... That does not that I mean, does not remove anything from from you as you as you are now, but it's just a total shock because what I know I of you. I have a long history. Yeah, I have a long history of very broken men because I was a very broken woman. I still have my pieces shattered and broken, all kinds of things. But you can see over the years my growth through the penis in my life. <laughs> I mean, like, this changes. I don't even, I, like, this changes the whole, whole podcast. I don't know how to, yeah. like, I don't know how to title this podcast now. I don't know how to, I am. And I've hmm. only told a couple people about it, so. Now it's for Yeah, me. they're like, no the way, not you. I'm like, well, now you see how far I've come. <laughs> or didn't. <laughs> Welcome to the Soul Brother Number One of a Kind podcast, starring that Candy Am Eaton, Big and Small Booty Technique, well dressed, immaculate, social political activist, that vicious abolitionist, Johnny Silvercloud. This show also boasts following the uh, the spicy cinnamon, all about the Benjamins, Ray Rivera. <laughs> just made that hey, up hey. I am not a rapper alright so um, for those who are listening to podcast world you have heard the, um, the you know the, the precursor to this show and we're going to talk about you know you know those who have a coonerific disposition um, coons out there those who use coonamitsu when playing Tekken those damn coons and um, previously you know, our lady Ray, our lady War Ray, she uh, pointed out the fact that she had in, in her past, she engaged in um, magnificent forms of coonery. So um, we're going to talk about this because she reformed. And uh, yeah. So what's your take, uh, Ray? Um, I think the majority of us, considering the fact that after integration, the people that hated us most, they started teaching us in school. They intentionally confused all of us. And that's how the majority of us start out if our parents did not teach us better. And me coming from a multicultural background with two parents from different sides of the track with uh, within poverty here, the people that I think Texas hates the most are the Mexicans and the black folks. 
So with that being said, I came from two different people who grew up with that whole can't we all get along mentality and color doesn't matter, just be nice and it'll all work itself out. And I was basically like that the majority of my life up until probably about 30. So, well, no, my late 20s. And then I went through life changes and my cocoon formed and came out of butthurt fly where I just hurt people's butts for everything that I say. They're so anal. <laughs> it is a butthurt fly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I never really thought about it, but I think that the, the automatic disposition of black people is the coon technically. Um, we don't like to like call ourselves that, but I, th- I think that's correct because black people as a, as a collective are sociologically engineered to prioritize white, white identity first. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I talked about this before where, um, where I call, I call it white identity matter. You know, um, ever since you were, you were a child, you're shoved all this white identity matter in your head to the point in fact, where you realize that you're not white at all. You know, like the, White defaultness is uh, where America's at. And by default, you think you're white until you get something, perhaps maybe a wake-up call. There's a wake-up call that takes place. And you might, if you were in a very integrated uh, school, it might be this good-looking white girl in the second grade, you know, and you're in second grade too, of course, but, and you're like flirting and stuff. And they just really, they, they point out the fact that you're black, you know? You know, stuff like that, and it's and it's very jarring as a kid. But you you want to learn a black person learns at a very young age what race means in America, and it's deeply unfortunate that it's that way. But um, how one answers from answers to that from there, you know, that governs their life. You have you know, and black people are black people will have a a sliding scale of awareness to these things where folks will be in denial. Like they get the wake up call, but they still try to fall asleep. They still, they try to stay sleeping. You know what I mean? They have those get the wake up call. They're kind of like, wait, they're awoke. We're kind of woozy and stuff like that. Then get some other folks get a wake up call and they were like, wow, the woke, like, wow. You know, while you got your eye on a sparrow, I got my eye on a hawk, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a slap to the face. I know me, being the, uh, I never knew I was not black. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, until social media popped up, I never heard anything about my blackness being less. Um, I was reminded of my blackness every single day because most of us, even without knowing, the the main thing is that all of us with the most, anybody of color is in the biggest cities, which are the most diverse racially, but the most segregated education-wise and um, living situation. So all of us grow up with the poor white people and then the Latinos, Africans, and then uh, the Asians. And all of us see each other as just different groups of each other, but equal. And we realize late in the game that we are not given the same opportunities. But I was always told I was pretty for a black girl or smart for a black girl or well-spoken for a black girl. And then all of the white people, the white friends, would tell me that I was whiter than them. 
So I grew up always having race in the conversation every single day, but it was usually, I was only called white by white people. And mm. that was more confusing, I guess, because of the way I speak that until they see me upset, my, my twang comes out and my, you know, my little ratchetness. But other than that, I speak pretty, uh, proper so, to an American standard, I guess. Yeah. Very clear, concise. Yeah. yeah. Um, I got that at a very young age, uh, how I spoke, you know, um, no, like reflecting back far as I can gather, I more so learned how to speak from TV than the people around me. So, you know, back then we had Ghostbusters, Police Academy, and it sounds funny, but I mean, these are the things I remember. Um, I sounded, like folks said, I sounded white, you know? And um, it, that was interesting because it was like, I sounded white to black folks, but to white folks, I sound black. That was a very, and I moved out in Maryland, you know, I'm from DC, of course, everybody knows that, but when I moved out in Maryland, you know, white folks were more than ready to remind me that I sound like I don't sound like them at all. And uh, it was almost yeah. like being a mixed person in itself. It's like you're too black for the white folks and too white for the black folks. So anytime I, um, you know, I'm, I'm listening to someone who's mixed, I kind of know I can somewhat relate to that fight because you're kind of like your identity is caught in the middle. And uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. But for the most part, you know, black people are are flat out engineered to to prioritize white feelings first. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think I, I, I might have referenced this to you, but I mo I most certainly did reference this in uh, another podcast, Honestly Live um, episode, where there's one black dude who was caping for this white chick's feelings directly after uh, you know um, Castile and Sterling got murdered. Um, I said white folks don't give a fuck about racism, and this white chick said, "You're a, you're an idiot." And I'm like, you know, and then he started caping for her from there, you know, and it's like he he placed her feelings above all else, and it's like there's two black folks who, I mean, you should figure that you know, me being upset about this. Is not equal to her being, you know, her being marginally butthurt over the fact that I say white folks about racism. As a matter of fact, her sitting there kirking, trying to kirk out on me proves my point. Yeah, and they never understand that. They yeah. never get it. The dude. They they look for a lot of us to be angry so that they can play the victim. And when it doesn't work out, then they they always, well, this is why y'all are going through this. Well, bitch, if we're going through this, then leave us the fuck alone because you're just making. It. Yeah. Like, it was just she made it about herself and he allowed her to do so it's like uh, as a black this guy is notably darker than me a little bit more muscle muscle bound and uh it's like like nigga they'll shoot you first before they shoot me yeah we're both professional well well behaved negroes so to speak but they'll shoot you before they shoot me and, and you're sitting here caping for this bitch i mean really you know, that behavior uh, has nothing to do with the situation we're in. Outside of the fact that our behavior has nothing to do with the situation we're in whenever it comes to police brutality. It's just something that they justify it. They used to justify it whenever they see someone else angry. And we have every right to be. Like, 
we have every right to be bitter, uneducated, ratchet, loudmouth, foulmouthed, bigoted, anti-white. We have every justification out there to do so. And for some reason, this new generation thinks because they were not segregated, then they have every right to say it's the past whenever they forget that the people that raised us were in a segregated school and the people that raised them were sitting there watching these lynchings and these beatings and we're still seeing them on a regular basis except it's by bullets instead. So we have every right to have animosity or not trust white people and it offends them, but we're dying. Our genocide is still going on and you're sitting here blaming us for it and blaming our ever done anything for it. You see MLK and these peaceful protests, every peaceful protest we've ever had has been met with violence or the police in some way. So yeah, I'll be that bitter black bitch, but you're not gonna sit here and try to blame me and think I'm gonna be like, oh, maybe they're right. Maybe if I'm nice, then all racism is just gonna disappear. Like you can suck a BBC with that mess. That's a bunch of crap. <laughs> suck a BBC. <laughs> crap. It's horrible. And it's the main yeah. the BBC that's sucking. Those are the main females that wanna pop up and try to play victim. Like, come on. Yeah. You see the looks you get when you're with that black man. Like, you think all of a sudden that you're the victim for that? No, you know that your family looks down on you for being with the black man, but the black man is the one going through it, not you. So, out of your cooter, they're the ones that are going to go through it, not you. So, for you to be offended just mm -hmm. because you're in the vicinity of them, you shouldn't be in the vicinity of us in the first place. Go around with that soft crap because we have to live this crap every single day and go through it all the time. And we don't even know it. I never even realized it until I freaking came out that cocoon. Like mm. I was constantly compared to every black person based on my affiliation with white people and their ability to not feel uncomfortable with me. It was always, I'm not like the rest of them or I act better than the rest of them or I'm smarter or I'm not as this or that. But then whenever I get into a fight or something, then all of a sudden, oh, we're not gonna deal with her anymore. Like she's ghetto. Well, who built the ghettos? Who made it that way? Who yeah. destroyed these freaking neighborhoods and now all of a sudden we're to blame for our neighborhoods? Y'all need to really do some research. Like, seriously, this is ridiculous. Don't come to people like me who are unapologetic and brutal and ruthless about it just to say I'm the reason for it. No, because for every one of me, there's hundreds of those people who want to say, can't we all get along? Us being mean to them is the same as them killing us and, and justifying it, really. Oh, wow. There's so many more of those people Ooh. than me. Don't come to me and tell me it's my fault. Go give them a pat on the back if you want to do something with yourself. Go to the white people who are doing the same shit on YouTube. I had one idiot come to me and say, you need to stop making these videos. You need to stop because the only people making videos like this are black people. Boy, if you don't go look up the N-word online and see how many people are saying, you better go, go. Get out of my face with that crap. I'll show you, Reg. It's, it's like, you know, the response, the thing about Coons is that they are on the forefront to um, demonize, anathematize, and attack Black thought, you know, and Black uh, black people. It's really, a, it's deeply unfortunate. Matter of fact, um, if you ever read this book, you know, I, I highly recommend this book to the listeners here. It's called Before the Mayflower. This is a book on black, um, like Afro-American history of America from point 
A to all the point B, and they continue to upgrade this book. They they continue to update this book. My edition, I forgot what edition that was, but but I'm sure that by now, um, I think I got that like maybe 2004 or something like that, 2003. Anyway, I'm quite sure that parts uh, concerning President Obama is in the new edition. Anyway, in this book, it starts off from day one. Um, and uh, when, when it comes to slavery, it points out that there's actually uh, four different slaves. A lot of people only know two, you know, but there's actually four, you know, and, I, and it's, it's an upgrade from what Ma uh, Brother Malcolm, you know, Malcolm X said, you know, with the house and the, and the and house slave and the field slave is an upgrade from that. And, uh, and honestly, the book did not exist when Malcolm was present. So, you know, he couldn't have, he couldn't speak from the upgraded standpoint. Now with the four slave that, the slaves that existed, you have the field slave, which everybody knows about the, uh, the house slave, which most folks know about too. Um, but the house slave usually gets a, a worse rap that's kind of undeserved. I mean, were, were some house slaves bought in? Absolutely. Were all of them? No, they weren't. As a matter of fact, most house slaves were the ones that burnt houses down, burnt the uh, slave owners' houses down. Mm -hmm. So you gotta give them credit where credit is due. Um, number three is the artisan slave. The artisan slave was the, uh, he was the type of slave you find in the Northern states, in the Northern border states, like say the blacksmith slave or the, uh, you know, the, the you know, like the, the carpenter slave, the guys with this with this particular craft where they have to know math and science to function. You know, so you had the blacksmiths and carpenters, the artisan slaves, they also existed. So that's, you know, slave, you know, type number three. Number four is where it's all at. Number four is the driver slave. The driver slave people was the slave that had the whip, sometimes had the gun. He was out there in the fields and pretty much his what the driver slave did was keep all the field slaves in line. The house slave did not keep the field slaves in line. The driver slave kept the field slaves in line. House slaves in the house. They, the house slave is not getting dirty. You know, the field slave, I mean, the driver slave was bound to get dirty and do all the masses work without the white person even lifting a finger. Um, if you ever seen the, the movie 12 Years a Slave, you notice that uh, some of the slave owner, the top slave owner cats, they'll like hire a, a white guy to oversee the uh, slaves in the field. Well, this is a black person who does the same thing. This is practically a slave who really don't know he's a slave. And, uh, and this slave is so bought in, so incredibly bought in that they hate their own skin, they hate their own kind, and they're, and they're more than happy to deliver the whip, like deliver the, the lash at any, at any black person, at any Afro-American who had any level of descent, you know? And not only that, but this, this driver slave was good at it because this driver slave was in locations where white folks were not. So this driver slave was like, you know, if, if I were to like reassess what Malcolm said about the house, the house Negro and the field Negro, I believe that, you know, um, he's more so talking about that driver slave, but if not, that driver slave is far more dangerous because right now you have people like David Clark, who um, the, the sheriff in the, in the middle of the United States, this guy, 
is the epitome of a driver's sleigh, and I have I am compelled to write about this shit. I am compelled oh, to work. write an article, an uh, in-depth article on this thing with links to other to other research, links to other parts of books. It's gonna be grand. Cause holy shit, people don't know about this driver slave shit, man. You know, this is the this is the slave, black just like you, you know, might be even uglier than you are. I mean, shit, I'm good looking. This nigga over here, ugly. He hates himself so hard, so fucking hard. This cat right here. <laughs> okay, what you got to say? <laughs> I'll let you let you get it in there, man. What you what you got? What you got, darling? Um, I think I was I was actually thinking about him whenever you mentioned him because he is one, he is up there with my least favorite black folks today. Um, he, is, but the good thing about him is if he outcoons somebody like he did with Don Lemon, <laughs> a lot of times that will knock some sense into them, and then they'll it'll you know them little them little dead cells in there will start revitalizing and waking up firing up yeah Don Lennon if you even seen Don Lemon's um post on that video of them going back and forth together you would have noticed that every single person on there completely turned against Don Lemon he didn't say anything he didn't respond to any of the stuff but they went for him they went after him and I, I mean, they like, like the uh, people in the no comment section yeah Oh, okay. As soon as you're no longer good to them, or you're no longer spewing the message that they want you to speak for them, you're not their puppet. They completely turn their back on you. They there's always that token, and a lot of people don't realize it because I didn't even realize it that I, that was me. On mm-hmm. on Facebook, I've been on Facebook for a decade now, and a few years ago, after getting some, I don't getting my wake up call, it was um. I was always that person that the white girl, and it was always a white girl because they can't speak up for themselves. They can't, because it's always black girls hate me. They hate me because I date black men. They're just mad because they're single and this and that, you know, that same crap that Becky always says. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They'd always tag me to the post to go in and I'd be like, y'all know y'all ain't doing nothing, but doing the same thing that they do to us. Why are you sitting here going back and forth just because she's white? You're no better than them. And I was always that person. Like, because in my head, I was saying what was logical, what was right in front of us, what was obvious. But it's not obvious when you actually look into the statistics, the stereotypes, everything that they're putting on TV, everything that they're feeding us in the streets, everything that they're putting in our immunizations, everything that they're telling our kids in school. I seen the kids walking around in school with their hands behind their back silent, just like prisoners. And I'm like, why are they doing this to these kids? Well, they're teaching them discipline. No, the hell they're not. They're teaching them how to be prisoners. Like you're not teaching them anything of substance in these classes. And you have to go far way above beyond and be that one good athlete or one good mathematician, something in school. You have to go above and beyond as any person of color, black, brown, or other, just so that you can make it to college without having to go into debt. You gotta be three times better than 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 whoever than the average, which is the white. And you're still gonna be seen as less. Yeah, just to just to meet that average yeah. feedback. You can be a mediocre C student as a white kid, and then that straight A student, that 4.0 GPA black student. Look at what they did to Sherman Hill. 
I mean, Sherman, uh, what's his name? Sherman, the football player. Like, he was still a thug. He's still this. He's still oh, that. Oh, yeah. And then um, you have people, like, these white folks, like the, uh, the two brothers, Peyton, the Mannings. One of them was like, I don't remember what he did. If it was beating a woman or raping a woman or something, but nobody ever mentions that mess. It's just like with Bill Cosby. All you, you have these grown people that are doing dope with this man, and all of a sudden he's a rapist, he's this, he's that. But then we're all praising David Bowie whenever he's, he dies. Oh, yeah, David Bowie. And then we're forgetting every, all about kids? the little 12 and 13-year-old girls that he used to sleep with on a regular basis. Yeah, and like, like it's, it's, it's white folks turned a serious blind eye to that shit. Cause I, I mean, yeah. I was there Even for that. I'm like, all these people, pedophiles. But if you're a black man and you do something with these grown women, then you're the you're evil. But then these pedophiles yeah. are still being praised on a regular basis. Never seen jail for it. All these rock bands, these people, they had all these little children. It's disgusting. As a matter of fact, um, I saw this one joint on Facebook. Um, Shout out to whoever who, who made it up. Um, they said, what if what if President Obama in 2008 showed up on stage at the DNC with five kids from three different chicks? Okay. And he cheated woo. on all the wives. I mean, woo. And you had pictures of Michelle out there with her boobs all out. Like, come on now. They'll call that, they'll they'll call, they'll call Michelle a video vixen. Why we got this, this hip-hop president this rapper president with this video vixen bitch and shit. It would been, it would been, it would, it wouldn't work. He would never, he wouldn't have gotten elected without like question. He's had three just, wives in the same amount of time that the Obamas have been married. You say what? He's had three wives in the amount of time that the Obamas have been married. Yeah, I mean, going through, going, 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 going. Yeah. Now I'm not knocking folks who have uh, children with multiple folks, whatnot, because. Um, no, because it's like sometimes that mess will happen. I'm looking at the double standards here. Mm -hmm. um, another one, another one that I said a year, like years ago, was the fact that you look at these Palin, these Palin kids, Sarah Palin's uh, girl and shit, and uh, she had a reality TV show because she had she had a child out of wedlock. You know, imagine Sasha or Malia having a reality TV show because they had a child out of wedlock. I mean, it just wouldn't. I mean, it, you would never see that. Because they see white people as human and people who can make mistakes and move on and grow from that. But us, they see us as a stereotype. So anytime we fit that bill, that's all we are and all we're ever going to be. Like any time a white person gets mad at me, they automatically assume that I don't have a man. I can't keep a man. I'm on welfare. I got a bunch of kids, a bunch of baby daddies. I'm on, I'm, I've got food stamps. I got this. I got all this other crap. I don't have a job. I don't have this. I Like, come on now. Yeah, you're reaching Speaking of stereotypes. Uh, I kirked out on uh, somebody at work. Um, it was like you know a civilian at work because of the casual racism that, that that that's there, and it was like the final draw. And honestly, I shouldn't have kirked out like that because uh, it's more stuff. It's not, it's not just that one person. You know, I, you know, it should be addressed to the mass, not just one. But at the same time, it is what it is. These folks see me as far more dangerous than I actually am. I mean, do I have guns? Yeah, but I'm not I'm not I'm not bound to shooting anyone up or uh attack anybody. As a matter of fact, when things got heated between me and the, and the principal guy, white dude, um you know, I didn't even feed into 
um, anything that looks like it's about to engage in a, a possible physicality. Because my, my wrath, my anger, my frustration was based on the casual racism in their period. It wasn't it wasn't like uh, I'm going to kill you or you better you better shut up or I'll kill you or or else what or else what? No, I'm, I, there was none of that shit. My frustration lied with the casual racism in there. I kirked out and I kirked out on these motherfuckers, and that's it. Now I'm hearing hearing rumors where where I was in these guys' faces and all this other shit. I'm like, no, nah, that didn't happen. We're at least dude was at least six six yards away from me. You kidding me? Nah. But because I'm the black dude, because I'm the black dude. Oh, here's another thing. The white the white cat. He's the one who's who's looking like he's about to get a little more physically aggressive. Me, I calm that shit down. I'm like, why are you talking? Why are you talking? Why don't you just stop talking? Why are you talking? I already heard you. I already heard you. Stop talking. I was like, you know, you better not ever call me to say that shit again. I said, like, there goes that white privilege. That's all I said. Mm-hmm. It was like, uh, you better not say anything to me. You better not say that again. Again, man. You better not say that shit again. I'm like, and I, I mean, you know, the hood would be like, or else what? Or else what? Like, or else what? You know, you really want to get fucked up? I mean, for real? Or else what? But that, that, I didn't do that. I'm like, why are you talking? It's over. Why are you talking? Why are you talking? But why don't you, you, give, me, why don't you like give me space? Why don't you give me space? How about that? And um, like, why don't you give yourself space? You know? And that was it. So it's like, I'm already engaging in distancing behavior while this guy's like, you know, huffing and puffing and shit. And I didn't even feed into that shit. But these but that guys was the figure that so I am the guy, I'm the aggressor. I'm the aggressor though. And I'm like, uh no um facts That's matter what they really see. that is what exactly what they see you say black what? Lives Matter movement same thing they've never said anything about hurting people or being anti-white but they're all of a sudden terrorist group because they don't see anything they don't listen to what we say they listen and feel how they feel towards us and our color well, they, they, they probably they, they, it's, it's why, why he was talking is a threat because he's gonna, in his mind, he's gonna be like, why are you talking, why are you talking? He's thinking, he's asking me this so that I say something so he can hurt me or he can threaten me or he can do something later. He was probably looking over his back for weeks after that. <laughs> no, actually, actually, uh, actually, it just got mad crushed and Young is mad cool. Cause he, under- he understood, like, you know, looking back, he understood my standpoint. Cause he has like some darker, darker kids and stuff like that. You know, still my standpoint, but his bosses, his bosses are acting the fool. So this guy who is like the principal target dude who uh, who who laid the straw that broke the camel's back, he's good. He's smarter now. I made this dude smarter now. I made him more racially intelligent now. Um, and mm-hmm. the problem is, is like other folk, like his boss, who's uh, who wasn't there, but you know, he, he gathered, I guess, what they're like, what folk, like folks were talking about who witnessed it. Then he's building on top of that shit with his, which what I will say is like his own biases and shit. And uh, yeah, this guy's boss is trying to, uh, you know, fabricate shit and say stuff. I'm like, I didn't, I'm, I'm talking to my bosses. I'm like, I didn't do that. I didn't say that. I didn't do that. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Now Monday, I got I got to fix this shit. Well, they got to fix this shit because uh, I mean, it getting worse like that, 
if you want to stigmatize a PTSD having person in the workplace, yeah, you're the it's bad so guy. <laughs> you're the bad guy here. <laughs> you're the bad guy here. Stop it. It's just like the kid who got killed in Walmart for carrying around the fake toy gun. That he just picked up. Like they oh, that, was a kid. that was uh, John Crawford. That's uh, he's a bit of a grown man, but but nonetheless, shooting him it within uh, one second of walking into a Walmart was garbage. It was the white fear. The guy who called the police on him, um, saying he had a gun. He was he was scary and all this other stuff. They had their feelings towards us are what continue to allow us to get killed and blamed for it, and them to sleep easy at night because they they fear us. They fear, their strength, fear. they fear our strength, they fear our White feelings yeah. trump black lives. Always. I'll keep on saying it. I'll keep on saying it. it's in America. It's true. This is what this is what I love my my hand, my 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 body language, my hands. Anyway, in America, this is what it is. This is what white white person looks like. White feelings trumps black lives. Period. So when oh. when you when they hear Black Lives Matter. They're more about they like what they're what they're what how they absorb it. They absorb it as my feelings don't matter. So that's that's what as only Black Lives Matter. It's all about us. We're more important. And then they see like a lot of straight bigots these days say gay people have more rights than us now. Whenever it's not the case, they're just getting a few extra rights that you've always had, and you're feeling threatened by it. So now whenever we're bringing the attention up, and we've always had this attention in the media about black people being killed by police officers on a regular basis. There's newspaper articles everywhere, but they've changed up the lingo now because before it was police killed so-and-so for this and that, and it would be like police murdered these people, and they knew that there would be no charges, but now that everybody's all politically correct and thinking, and they have been tricked into thinking that everything equal and things have changed, now they're changing up the lingo and it's easier for the majority of the racist people to just turn it around and say blue lives matter or all lives matter the same way that they used to do back then. Black Panthers is a racist organization. You're anti-white. No, nobody's anti-white. We're anti-genocide. Like, I mean, anybody, as, 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 there's, as there's white Black Lives Matter activists, uh, these these cats, uh, I don't I don't get it, man. These man was mad stupid. They got mad. They got mad. Hitler's just running around in their heads right now, man. This is pretty pretty crazy. Um, I forgot about to say. Um, oh yeah, what the fuck's a blue life? Um, the last time I saw Blue Life, I was reading a comic book, and it was Mystique, which is great because. Uh, and Nightcrawler with and Beast because this is great because I'm an X-Man fan and now there's movies that depict all three. So a blue life, I mean, I, I, I give I give mad fucks about Mystique, you know, Jennifer Lawrence. She's she's a she's not that she's a actress with minimal range, but she I you know, with her dumb ass. She says some dumb ass shit offline. Uh, Nightcrawler always been I. He's German. I've been in Germany for seven years collectively. Got you know a little bit of love for those maniacs over there, and uh, Beast, who's a smart dude, and I'm a smart dude too, so I can relate to Beast being the, the smart guy in, in the house. So I'll say Blue Lives Matter, you know, in in, in the world of fiction, 
in the world of fiction, blue lives matter. Absolutely, man. Don't, 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 don't kill the blue guy or the blue chick. I yeah. mean, fuck, man. The blue chick is the black chick. I mean, technically, but you know, uh, I wrote this one article on why I cannot do fantasy anymore. So many folks ask me why I've never seen Lord of the Rings or why I've never seen uh, Harry Potter, which I, I mixed uh, Lord of the Harry Potter. I mean, they're like the same shit to me. Some of that, I think some of them had the same actors in it. I can't do fantasy. There's no representation of people of color. And technically, since it's fantasy, there should be. There's this one. There's one movie called. Uh, I think it's called um, Last Nights or First Nights or The Last Nights or something like that. And it has Morgan Freeman as the freaking king. It has Clive Owen, this British white dude, um, as his top knight. And you have uh, like this uh, Polynesian cat who's like the you know practically the dude Sergeant Major and shit like. It's a great movie. It's an, a magnificent movie. And. Morgan Freeman's character and his race is never brought up. It's never mentioned. He just exists. Now that's fantasy. Now, now that's fantasy. Yeah. Fantasy is not a bunch <laughs> of white folks. Well, fantasy and is Lord not. Lord of the Rings, they do it a lot. And Lord of the Rings, they constantly mention how you can never trust dwarves, or you can't, or the elves are just this, or it's very obvious. Yeah, and that's what, that fantastic um, racism, man. I don't like it. Blood? You Have say you seen what? True Blood? Nah. True Blood. I saw that this one. Is, a really, I, is that a TV show? It is. And it's, it's like, one I saw where, this one black chick, it, fuck, she wants to fuck a, van, a white vampire. I was like, the fuck out of here. Fucking, you know, fucking thought. Yeah, I it's, like, it's like vampire porn. But whenever it comes to the politics of it, they have a lot of, um, they mention vampires and how you can't trust them. And then, um, they have a, a representative that speaks up on vampire relations and they talk about how they can coexist together because without one, the other wouldn't live long and without them, they wouldn't live. And uh, they go really deep into it. And it's just like the Black Lives Matter movement. They're talking about, um, they're constantly saying he's racist. He's racist towards the uh, vampires. But the vampires are, are, are the black people analog in that, in that show you're saying? I'm hoping so because it's extremely like it's all there like everything it's like they even have an episode where they're like the, these vampires and they're all taking all our jobs and they're trying they're having sex with our kids and they're they're telling our kids that it's okay to be like them and it's like really really deep into wow. that they did that What's yes and I'm like I don't know people ask like, are y'all catching on to this? Or are you just watching like vampire porn here? Because the stuff is a lot deeper than we are. How many seasons that thing ran? I have no idea. I don't know. I watch it on. Um, I'll check I don't it watch out. TV, but it's uh, on. I'll give it a look. I'll give it a look. It's a, yeah, it's, a it, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. But I, I skipped the whole that iteration. Ah, but uh, it, it gets it gets a little more interesting when you deal with uh, like say these. Dungeons and Dragons nerds and like the p like common people who engage in like the card magic, the gathering cards or all that you know when, when they're when when common folks are engaging in this fantasy because you know movies and books you know these well off pseudo rich folks they're 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 making these things you know they're 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 a bit detached as is got it I'm not too concerned with these 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 punks but uh. But when you take a, when you take a look at like the common nerd that you come across you know come across with 
like you walk into a comic book shop and they have all the tables out and you see these guys play their Dungeons and Dragons or their Magic the Gathering or whatever it may be and uh, and you'll sit there and like talk, ask questions because I'll ask questions and stuff like that because it looks interesting but I, I don't have the time to play, play these things and uh, you know I don't care to play these things and I'll be like uh, you know what's, what's, a, what's a dark elf and they're like well a dark elf is someone who you know they all lie and cheat and stuff like that and there's a blue fucking elf blue lives matter right not these dark elves you know anyway um <laughs> anyway um i'm like okay matter of fact this was a video game called everquest it was like this mass online game they had back in the day like in the late 90s early new millennium i'm like okay you be all these races uh the dark elf lies and cheats all the time Let's say if you walk up and see one sitting on a bench, you ask them, hey, I'm trying to find the nearest uh, the nearest uh, Apotec or, uh, you know, drugstore or something like that. Where is it? This guy's going to tell you the other direction. Get you lost. I'm like, but why, though? I mean, I don't like the notion that that uh, one mass race of folks are one portion of one fragment of human emotionality and behavior yeah. that's absurd and i think yeah. that and, and you know you see this in the fantasy world realm where they do this with, with all like the other races and the human race is always the white guy and the white guy has the total he functions with the total spectrum of human emotionality and behavior versus like say the tiger people or the dog people or the cat people elves dwarves dark elves ogres all these cats they have like these little parts partitions of of humanity and human behavior and human emotion and that's but what they are but the white person can do whatever be whatever that's how i think i really do think that white people think this way in real life I think this is how white folks relate with the world. I think I think this is how white folks see everybody who's not white. They see they see an Asian guy. Like, yeah, like the Asian guy is like the elf, you know, really smart, good with magic, you know what I mean? And then you see like the they see the uh the black person is like the dwarf, you know, good with his hands, you know what I mean? So it's like I think this is how white people see how they create the fantasy realm. That's how they see the world for real. Like we're ogres and shit. We're the ones. That's why these cops are shooting us left and right with, with no thought, with, without even like, you know, attending to medical aid or assistance. You know, it's just. I think they these white as, folks see us as ogres and and orcs and shit. And if you ever think about it, usually in the in a fantasy in the fantasy worlds, they usually construct these video games, these card games, and these storylines that exist. The, oh, like all the ogres and stuff like that they always come from the south they always yeah. like the barbarians always come from the south because that's that's where Europe is in relationship to Africa I really do think that's how they see us though man I don't know can't call it and I'm drinking beer what's your thoughts I agree um, I think that's how it is now specifically in America um White people have had this propaganda going for a long time, and it's visible in all of our old movies, like Breakfast at Tiffany's, um, Gone with the Wind, all these things. They they use yellow face, black face, all this other stuff mm. to mimic an idea of what we are. And even whenever they started allowing black people 
and brown people and yellow and red people in movies. You got to function within their paradigms they created first before anything else. Yeah. They had, um, they had black people pretending to be the Mammy or the uh, Sambo or the, like all these different characters of this big fat black woman who takes care of and loves white people and white folks can do no wrong and she's evil and mean to her own kids and then there's black men who are over there setting people up for the oak dope trying to get over on each other even their own friends and family just so they can come up with bucks and these the females these jezebels that are just out there with nothing to offer outside of their bodies um they do the same thing on tv now with the housewives and the uh um the movies where the black men are nothing but drug dealers and all this other crap, it's, it's all right in front of our faces. They paint this ugly picture and it continues to go from from family to family, from generation to generation, this idea of what we are. And I've had so many people come to my inbox, black folks, I mean, white folks, if I would have their baby or they'd love to have sex with a black woman or uh, just all different types of sexual stuff. And you know I'm what? Like, but but who wouldn't though? You're good looking. You, you're. I mean, let's let's just face it here. You're good looking. But I get it mostly from white men and Middle Eastern men, people Whoa. who only see females for a specific thing or only see black women as a specific thing. And people can get upset at me and say, "You don't. You're not even black. You're not full black. Whatever." But you still see black in my face. You still see black in my features. Period. I don't have white people features. There's nothing white about me. And I mean, my I don't have very, I have a lower percentage of white in me than black folks in America. Less European than the average African in America. Yeah. But because of the light skin and the hair texture, like this is different Native American and Asian and stuff like that. But people don't see that. They don't see my features. They just see a certain thing and they try to go with it. But you see black. Yeah, because you're ambiguously brown. Yes, I've had a white woman. I've had a white woman whose child was out there, huge, big kid, hitting on people. He had autism, and he was hitting on a bunch of kids. And one of the kids hit him back, so he went and got his mom, who wasn't even raising him. She was just in town, I guess. I don't know. I never seen her before until that day. He was he lives with his grandma, but she came, and she's like, somebody hit my son, and I said, look, he. I don't even know you, but he's out here playing with us on a regular basis. And he started hitting the kids, and one of the kids that was a lot smaller than the kid hit him back. So just make sure he doesn't hit people. And, well, my son has autism. I said, and so does mine. Mm. Well, you people, I'm going to call the cops. You people are so, so, uh, said y'all are so violent. And I'm like, if I was violent, I would have already slapped you just for that remark. Yeah, sure go ahead and call the police if you need to call the police and you need to go inside and do it before you actually give a give a reason for them to be out here. And then the cop showed up, black cop. He's like, I had a black guy at the time because I was racing the kids and I fell. We tripped over each other, so I had a big black eye. And he's like, did she do this to you? And I was thinking, hmm, if I was less of a person, I sure would have been like, yes, she did. <laughs> <laughs> But um, he was yeah. like, he used to he'd come and check up on me and everything. I'm like, that cop, obviously, now he has a crush on me. So thank you for helping me out. Now you got someone over here keeping an eye out on us and the kids. Thank you. I'm be calling the cops wasting people's time just because you see us a certain way. You feel threatened a certain way and some conversation didn't go your way. Because that's how y'all get people killed. 
dumbass. Yeah, they don't they don't even care about that though. That's what they're looking for. Um so used to coon out, like used to, you know, used to select Kunamitsu every time you play Tekken. Um I, do you believe that a lot of these folks can make that turn around too? Yes. Um mine was by mistake. Mine was by just simple life and death situations because my best friend which was my granny she was going through her second round of cancer she survived breast cancer um back in 98 but then um she fell and hurt her her backbone and she went to the hospital and turned out she had bone cancer but it was stage five already so we Mm. we all knew what was coming but for the next couple years i had to watch her die and that was my best friend we were together every day we talked every day that was the only person that in my entire life that I can honestly say loved me, respected me, never told me anything other than what she thought was the best for me. So she died on Thanksgiving a couple years back, and she was all into Jesus. Oh, big Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I had already been way past religion by that point, and I I just bit my tongue and left it alone because that's not my place to go there, when, especially at that situation, that time. But for me, I couldn't understand how Mexican people could be into Jesus and give their everything to Jesus whenever colonialism killed them and then forced it on them. So yeah. I knew that I was going through those five stages of grief. I knew she was about to die and once she did, I said, I'm about to go through these stages. So I'm gonna try to keep myself busy. I'm gonna try to figure out something, but I know for a fact because we didn't speak too much about her history because she had a really difficult life. Like whenever she was born, that was the year that Mexicans were finally legal citizens here. Even though our family has been here for a couple of generations before her when it was Texas Republic. Hmm. Remember the Alamo? Most don't. But um, she had such a difficult life that we didn't really go there. We She's the only person that I would watch all these old slave movies and these old 70s movies and stuff with and she'd go over everything that black folks went through and let me know that Mexicans went through it too. She had drank out of the fountains with the colored folks not the white folks. They were segregated too and um, they they just didn't speak about it. They didn't put that stuff on TV like they do with black folks. So um, after she died I would look and look and research and research because I'm like who am I? What am I? Like where did I come from? What tribe did I come from? And that's the one thing that I wanted to know most. I'm like, it's just as difficult to find your tribe in Africa here in America as it is your tribe in America here in America, whenever you are indigenous. Wow. And that's one thing a lot of people don't realize because they would spell our names wrong. They didn't care enough about us. And it was just really a real jacked up situation. And I would just speak on this on Facebook about it. And I'd, I'd mentioned Mexican history and Native American history and all this stuff. I didn't even know Mexicans were Native American until she died. And I was like, wow, I had no idea. No wonder we look so much alike. That kind of dumb fuck, that stuff. So once that happened and I would start speaking up on it, there would be white people popping up to my post. What are you trying to say? And I'm like, what do you mean? Well, are you trying to blame us for this? Are you trying to, to beat around the bush and say something? to do y'all know i don't beat around the bush when it comes to anything well it seems like you have animosity towards us and i'm like i've never one time mentioned white people at all i'm talking about me 
I'm doing this because I'm looking for my That's their white fragility speaking. Yes. And then after that, something just snapped. And I'm like, oh, so you want to make it about you? Let me make it about you. White people, why is this, that, and the other? White people, why did you do this? White people, white people, white people, white people, white people. And I started making it about them. If you want to make this about you, what I'm going through, what I'm dealing with about you, just because you don't understand what I'm going through, let's, let me let me just shove it up a notch. Sit on it, spin on it, do something, think about it. And ever since then, I found out more and more and more and more with the Native American history, um, African history, everything. Asians, the Japanese, the Chinese. I've I've gone over every bit about that. I even found out about the Irish and the whole, we were slaves too. No, you weren't. You were immigrants. You came here by your own freaking choice and that's why you did the seven years with your indentured slave servitude. Don't sit there and try to put that on the same thing. Just because it was horrible and a lot of people did die, don't sit there and say that's the same thing as slavery because y'all got to live your life. We didn't. We were born and we died into this crap. Period. And they construct many upon many laws to upkeep that form of slavery and to more so dehumanize um, black from white. Or you know, I mean, well, Irish folks are considered Irish. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't like they're subhuman. And then whenever like the not, second not the rotation came, where black folks met, so it's kind of it's, there's no Jim Crow for Irish folks. Yeah. There's no. There's no. Um, it's just nah. But when the second group of Irish came over here, when they immigrated over here after the potato famine, their Irish, their own people said, nope, we're Scotch Irish. We're Native Americans here. We're native this land. And then they treated their own people like crap when they got here. Yeah, you know what? Y'all are the Irish trash. You're this, you're this, you're that. That's the no Irish crap. So they did the same thing to their own people just because they came from where they were originally from. So I don't want to hear all that crap about black on black crime whenever you don't even know what the Irish did to their own whenever they came over. Like that's a bunch of crap. So my biggest thing is letting white folks know, you know what? Y'all don't like who I am. You don't like how I speak, but guess who freaking made this? Guess who did this? All those went up to my posts whenever I was going through what I was going through, not even considering what y'all were doing, not even considering the fact that y'all put us in this situation. I had no idea until y'all opened your big thin lips to say, well, what are you trying to say? Well, now I'm saying everything that I needed to say that I didn't even know about back then. You made this monster, not me. Y'all made it. So you deal with it or don't. And I have people on there every single day going to every single, every time I upload, I got a few of them and they all got fake names. All of them. They don't have the balls I got. They all come no, to each one. You're the problem. You're the reason why you're this, you're racist, you're this, you're that. Boy, get out of here. Y'all are the reason that I'm like this. Y'all are the reason I have animosity towards y'all. Y'all are the reason I don't trust y'all as far as I can freaking own y'all. I don't care for y'all. And I'm not going to. I'm not going to accept y'all in my life because I don't want you in my life. That's the funny we have thing never about had it. time to go through classes or go through anywhere outside of segregation. Even if we had to always deal with white people. Y'all don't have to deal with us. You have that luxury. We don't. Not even in Africa do we have that luxury. No, it's really funny because like white folks, it's like they need to be seen in an angelic, in in an angelic uh, light or uh, 
No, just never negative as a collective. Like, if white folks are seen as negative as a collective, they go batshit crazy. As a matter of fact, if you look at, like, say, how a black person understands and accepts the fact that, I mean, let's like, just the fact that there's actual black drug dealers that exist, actual black bad guys that exist, and it's depicted in the movie, it's like it's nothing. But if you were to take like Edwin Epps off of uh, 12 Years a Slave, played masterfully by uh, Michael Fassbender, who also plays Magneto, you know, um, white folks are like, well, I, got, you know, I don't want to see this movie. It's like, well, why? Pretty much, they don't want to see 12 Years a Slave because- It's like the best thing ever. Yeah, they don't want to see 12 Years a Slave because white folks were the bad guys back then. And it's like, so? Are you so fragile where you cannot even, like, even in a, in a movie or a form of entertainment, mm. you know, show up to see a white person as evil? Nope. I mean, you're that fragile that you can't see a white person as a bad guy. I mean, by, really by being walking. white. I mean, it's like, this isn't, I mean, this is not you, or really, <laughs> or is it? But that's not supposed to be you. This is another character. This is, this is uh, like another person. Where's this distancing, the psychological distancing that black, everyone else have except for white folks? Why they can't see shit like they that? They go through that, they are privileged not be seen in a certain light their entire they can deal with a lot less if one person hurts their feelings and all of a sudden the world is over that this person is the worst person and all the genocide this person has been facing in their family's face is their fault because their feelings that were hurt if you go through less in life and you grow up rich privileged even if you're not rich but you're still privileged it's the small things that are going to hurt you and the people who go through the majority of this stuff who are sitting here going through sexual and physical and emotional abuse their entire life, it's gonna roll off their chest, at least in your face, because you're so used to the torment, you're so used to the anguish, you're so used to the bitterness, you're so used to the brokenness. It's just gonna be like, oh, one more piece broke, it's fine, whatever. I can keep trucking. Life is life, move it on. Yeah. Some black and Mexicans, black, brown people, they go through more than anybody else, and they deal with more, and they're happier with less. And then white folks, they're over there killing themselves because they made a freaking F on their grade. Yeah. This college they, or they they're uh, they liking. You know, yeah, um, like back to the Coonerific mm -hmm. folks. Um, you know, those who are engaged in such kunamosity. Um do you believe a person like David Clark can be reformed? He can like he can uncoon himself. He can become uncooned. Because when you're that token, you have that feel just like you have a little piece of that privilege that as long as you're known and well-known, you're not going to want to let that go. It's just like being famous. You have, it's like a small piece of that God complex. It's that boss, he ain't working. He feels like he's getting a pat on the head. And the driver's slave. Like, good, boy, good boy. So he's like, like this. Like he's sitting there, rubble my billy, rubble my billy. Give me a white girl. Give me a white girl. He has that. Um, do you know? Um, oh, what is his name? Um, Tony Sotomayor. No, no, no. Worse. Step and fetch it. Do you know of him? He's from like the fifties. Uh, he was real famous, but he's always playing 
Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. MLK was out. He said, MLK didn't do nothing for black people. I did it. I'm the one that made everybody love me. And I really opened people's eyes to what we are. And he had him and his white wife also. And um, he had him a little bit of money. And all of a sudden, he was a god in his own eyes. Like, you could go look him up and see the type of characters that he played. He was always a dumb, bumbling idiot. He was always that old, just, oh, just horrible character. Yeah. He was always stupid. He was always just an idiot, and he was just real stupid, so they didn't have any kind of fear towards him because he wasn't smart enough to, to outpower so them. them. Yeah, so it's to challenge their yeah. power. So he felt in his head that he was doing something for his people by those people patting him on the back for playing an idiot. Mm. And it's just, that's how a lot of people are now with Stacey Dash. She thinks she's a better person now because, oh, I agree with the majority. Yeah, white people, yes, yes. And that's the thing that a lot of us mixed people do. We see people that dislike the other group and then our own people that we're usually with, because we're usually with black folks, they don't even accept us. So all of a sudden our animosity is towards black people. And then white people are like, well, you're not like them. I know, they keep telling me this all the time. So you're not like them, you're smarter, you're prettier. I like you more. You're less of a threat to us than those thugs. And that's exactly where this You ever, uh, have you ever like used some of the terminology that me and Gil kind of made up? Um, you kept on, you kept on doing the pat on pat on the head, the dog tongue out. Um, one of my words for the coon is the pet, and um, and another like even like more engaging word I have is called Scooby Snacks, and um, this is my like the Scooby Snack thing. This came. This is a a conglomerate of uh, the butter biscuit terminology that I think one of those well-known half-ass, you know, guys made up Umar Muhammad Umar whatever that Bama's name, I don't know uh, somebody made up butter biscuit shit, that kind of stuck me, um, there's this one photograph that was floating around on Facebook a couple of years ago it was like a bunch of white folks playing as Scooby-Doo characters and it was like the black dude was like half naked with a leash on his on his on his on his neck and he's supposed to be Scooby-Doo you know and it's like man fucking Scooby like and so that so that imagery became mm -hmm. you know the Scooby snack yeah. you know so uh you know also along with the pet you know this person is the pet and another thing oh my god i have to give you the link to this oh, this old um things i think it was episode four of sb sb1 i think it's episode three or four where i engage in talking about stacy dash it was about 15 16 under 20 minutes or so short podcast you got to check that joint out because i prefaced the podcast with um this thing that stuck with me from a movie it was um blade three have you seen blade three i think you asked me that too and i can't i think i did i just don't remember it well okay well in blade three there's this um there's this one um yeah he's white but that didn't really matter the fact of the matter was that you got vampires and humans and blade fights for the humans to survive and shit like that and he had this one white dude and i'm well he had this one human motherfucker who's actually working for the vampires 
and uh, he and he says the blade after betraying him. He says, "I'd rather be a fucking pet than cattle," you know. So yeah. I prefaced, then- yeah, I prefaced my 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 um that podcast with that with that um audio, and um, because it stuck out to me, and I want other people to understand how I think and how I see things and perceive the world, and yeah, I want people to remember that shit. This motherfucker, this dude said he'd rather be a pet than cattle. That's precisely. It's it's a very it's a larger side effect. Whenever there's so much less, there's crumbs over here in the hood. So whenever you have more table scraps, you're gonna take table scraps over the crumbs, and anybody will step in line and do that. So that's why I try my hardest not to be so upset and angry, but it's frustrating because it's been happening nonstop. There's always a couple of people that they're going to feed table scraps to instead of the crumbs and then they're going to feel better like they're just the, that that prized lap dog and then they're going to look at the mutts like up oh, you're bad for not looking like me not acting like me not being like me and then it's this whole like scale of buffery yeah. like anywhere if they do if they step down and don't do it someone else is going to step up and be like ooh 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 ooh, ooh I want it ooh ooh yeah, it's a competition within itself. As a matter of fact, um, I have a bit of a well, I have some crazy ass friends, but one uh, one social social media identity, which is kind of like a friend of mine, I ain't talked to in a while, because you know I'm like in between wrath, wrath, wrathfully mad at him and the world, and you know, cool guy. This dude name is Alonzo um, Alonzo Rachel. Um, he's a black dude who who pretty much capes for white supremacy by way of caving for Republicans, and um, you know it, it's it's really frustrating. Uh, like I can't really find myself to like talk to him. It's just, uh, it's so rough. Cool guy, cool guy, but damn. Um, but fuck though, I, I think that there's some folks, you know, like say David Clark. I don't think a coon like that can be reformed. I think that Sounds much like what you said, much like what you collateral yeah. damage. Yeah, there like like a well, lot of just gotta Yeah, I don't yeah, I'm definitely, you know, sociopathic enough to like engage in collateral damage. I wouldn't that mean clear. But but it's like um I think Don Lemon can be reformed because he is a yeah. Because for he one, he's fucking person. gay. Don Lemon has Don Lemon has, should have a uh, a um, an analog to being black. Most no. gay folks I know, they're like, it's look, like being they're like, yeah, it's like the you know, most gay folks I know, they're like, look, like I'm black first, gay second. Thing. You know, all these folks yeah. they see a black person, regardless. I hop into the you know the gay community, they see nothing but a, they see nothing but a nigga. So fuck it, man. I'm I'm gay before I'm I mean I'm black before I'm gay. You know, but so being so, gay and black, you're going to get more ha- hatred inside the black community because of our. That's also true. That's also so true. It's like but, biracial, it's like, well, my own people don't accept me, so but, let me go deal with you people, and that that's basically how it is being black and gay because of how much animosity and anger comes towards towards being towards the gay people in our community. But that's also. That's also why we need to continue to have these discussions and continue to uh, make content because and, and and become like black leaders on the rise, despite the fact you're like I'm not a leader, but we are, we are. Um, these I black, so many black gay men on the rise. Who are just 
there's pro-black gay men that I know that get fed up with constantly having to deal with the homophobic black folks towards them. And it's the same thing with me being lighter. You don't speak up for us. You're not black enough to speak up for us, but it's like, don't speak up for us. You're gay. You're an abomination. You're this, you're that. Like there's a lot of different. There's a lot of dumb motherfuckers out there. As a matter of fact, it'll keep Don Lemon sitting there just cooning until he finally snaps and says, you know what? This homophobia is also coming from white supremacy with these, like the stuff they used to do to our men to try to, you know, raping the men in front of the strongest man, the buck, what is it called? Buck? Yeah, the buck. And yes, but they would do certain things to them. And then a lot of people are like, well, you've taken their manhood in front of everyone just to scare the majority. And now we have that, that animosity towards homosexuality because of that situation on top of white Jesus giving us more hatred and homophobia on top of us always having to prove in our community, our manhood or our, our strength or whatever the case, because of all the issues that we have. So I think Don Lemon, he's going to actually, I think this will probably wake him up more. This will be one of the things that wakes him up to where he's starting to see and realize he's got a white man at home. He's got a white husband. So that white, the, People who are in interracial relationships that are white, they're usually with a black person that does not love themselves or respect their own people enough. Yeah, so they, oh yeah. They constantly talk shit about black people together. So once he sees exactly what the reality of the situation is for him, always being that good lapdog for white people and then disagreeing one time or saying, hold on, wait a minute, they just said this, hold on, hold on. And just that one little thing made them flip around, flip on him so quick. I think that's going to really wake him up. Just like Raven Simone. Raven Simone is what she, I just... You know, she ain't got her wake-up call yet. She... Oh, she's about to. Like she's how? Because um, I listened she's to on one school that she made, and it was like she's kind of almost there. Like, if they're not going to deal with black lives, then don't deal... Don't give your money to them, that whole situation. But a lot of us, we don't have... Like, that's a huge step, period, for someone being up there and out there. It's a huge step for a black person to say, don't deal with people who don't deal with our people whenever white people are the ones paying you. She said it? She said that? Yes. She hmm. was on She was on her, on the view or whatever, and she was like, I think it was, I don't know what it was exactly that did it to her, but she was mentioning, you know, I think that we really need to consider paying attention to who cares about our lives. If they're sitting here, um, saying you can't say Black Lives Matter or they're against the Black Lives Matter movement, don't put your money into those people. Only put money into people who believe that your people matter. And she said, it's sad that I have to say it this late because I think she didn't really get it. She really didn't understand because a lot of us don't. We're raised just to believe that everybody's equal. Everyone's on the same level. Everyone has the same chance at the American dream as the next person. But it, it's not the truth. So once we get a slap or a little taste of reality, we start to like question, like, is this right? Is this true? Yeah, if I have to shit right? on my own people, if I have to shit on my own people to engage in the American dream, mm-hmm. fuck that fucking dream. That dream's but a nightmare. Animosity towards your that own people. Dream's a nightmare. Like you know, I mean, could like technically, well, yeah, the American dream can be approached by many upon many folks, you know, to include black people, but much like the Irish who began shitting on the black people to become white. Exactly. I'm not going to shit on black people to, to just to get by. 
I'm not going to do it. A lot of us will because they're sitting there being told that black people are the problem with society. So we'll look around and say, yeah, we need to pull up our pants. Yeah, our women are too loud. I did the same crap. I had to like apologize to black women because I was sitting there so angry with black women, blaming them for everything in the community. It's a two-way story. I still believe a lot of stuff that we do as black women, we shouldn't be doing because it's helping our situation. I mean, our genocide and it's helping white people sit there and look at us a certain way, but it's not our fault. That's ultimately an internal discussion that is not to be aired like, you know, where it meets white ears because white folks see shit like that and then judge from there. And which is which is they already doing, but they'll do it even more. So nah. I keep all my cooning videos up. I keep all my videos of my cooning up from years ago. And those are the ones a lot of white people go about, oh you're such a smart person. I really like this. And now that I actually know the reality of our situation, I speak on that and all this stuff that I didn't even consider back then. You're so ignorant. You're stupid. You're racist. Screw you. I hope you get killed. I hope this. I hope that. Like, you need bullets to your head. You need someone who's to pull a bullet, a 38 to your head. And like today, it was you and your. your you need to go uh, join your Black Lives Matter um, protest and block the street and get ran over. And I'm like, <laughs> dare dare they the ever? I'm not with Black Lives Matter. The fact that you see me as a black person and automatically assume so. That's kind of the reason we're in this situation now because you see all black people as the same. You're bad, not mine. Dare they ever uh, come in my inbox like that? Because that my that my my homeboy who was cooning and shit, I aired him out. I'm like, I he posted a, he posted a status trying to talk about me. I shared that sucker. I'm like, look. Look, I got a bigger audience, B. I'll share this. Oh, let me help you out here. I'm gonna share. Hate, hate is still love, man. Hate is love. I dare, dare they ever come my way like that? Mm-hmm. Ooh, they wow. do it to me all the time because I'm a female. I mentioned something yesterday saying it really bugs me whenever women tell other women how to act or dress or think or have sex or not have sex based on their view of what is ladylike or classy. Whenever we as black people hate white people doing it to us, we as women hate men doing it to us. So who are we to do the same thing to each other? And then one guy's like, no, but that's right though. There is certain ways to act as a woman. I said, you're not a woman. There's not a certain way to act as a woman. There's certain ways that you would like a woman to act to get your attention, but we're not yours. We're not your property. You don't get to tell in the entire population of women what is ladylike and what's not. You know like what? Me, I, fuss, I fuss, I do all kinds of stuff, but you don't get to tell me what's ladylike or how I should act. It's none of your business. You ain't with me. I'm not with you. You know what? I, I need I need to make a I need to do some movie shit, you know, like a movie podcast, because um I'm really big on judging movies and, and shows. There's this new I haven't seen the I haven't seen the movie yet, but based on what I'm seeing so much of it, it's a new Ghostbusters movie. And uh, oh, yeah. and I'm like you know, looking at it, looking at what I gather so far, and you know the trailers and everything else. You know, I'm sitting there thinking like, why are these bitches ugly? And and I, I'm like, whoa, Johnny Silver Cloud, the soul brother number one of a kind. We you don't know, think that way. Why why did you think that way first? Like, because I'm sitting there thinking like, man, if I was doing like four like chick comedian lady comedians I'll, I'll have tina fey up in there tina fey she'll be like the egon character uh jessica williams oh my god 
Jessica Williams would be, you know, the black chick. And, you know, I'm like these really good looking women, mm-hmm. just good, good, really good looking comedy women. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing. And I'm like, but, but women are not there for my, uh, for my appeal. Like women are yeah. not, women don't exist for my, my man ass to um, just for my pleasure. You know, women exist, period. They don't exist just for my pleasure. So why did I think that way? So this new Ghostbusters movie and my initial, you know, uh, my initial bodily critique of it. Yeah. And it allows me to engage my own sexism. Like, man, yeah. that's, I mean, that's shit, I, have a, I mean, I, I fight against sexism fierce. I imagine quite fierce. But at the same time, I have my flaws, too. And that, you know, it shows one of my flaws where um, I'm sitting there like, man, these bitches need to be far more sexy. They should have put Tina Fey with a little crazy ass up in there. Jessica Williams is probably two more chicks. Um, the white chick that shows up on a scary movie, they should throw her, throw her in there. And someone yeah. else, you know, uh, Tamala Jones, you know, she's ba- she's banging, making two black chicks in there, but they're but she's funny. Put her up in there, you know. Um, why this is yeah. these are these are chicks that i find attractive and i think i mean why do i think a chick needs to be attractive in a fucking movie yeah. you know because because you know you know that down there and um it's funny man i really do need to make wow if i had more time or maybe i need to find some cats who do movies or something like that but i need to i need to actually you know Look at these, like the movie podcast cast, because uh, yeah. the sexism. I mean, shit, that's my own shit. So, what, so what we're going to do, you know, be aware, like you know, first that um, that ability to self critique and self reflect. That is that is number one. Number two is like, what do you do from there? You're going to accept it as is, or what? Mm. Honestly, I guess I'm going to accept it as is, but because I like sexy chicks, but. The, the self-reflection thing means a lot. And I think there's also a sliding scale on how you engage in such things. Entertainment, I want to be entertained, so that's how I'm entertained. But at the same time, I know that I am not right. And that may, that mean, that, that matters plenty. Just because I'm entertained by one, one way doesn't mean that that should be how all entertainment is. And that's the biggest takeaway. I, sla- I snapped thing. out of that whenever it came to... Um... <laughs> And it's something that a lot of, well, only white people will see it as regression or people or black people who haven't been able to actually get out of their cocoon. But I snapped out of that whole everything's equal and treat people how you want to be treated crap because of the fact that that, that way. I'm not hired that way. I'm not, I'm not treated that way at all. My, my, son, my sons never will either. For me to have that state of mind is to put my kids in danger, to say, oh, just be nice and everything will work out just be smart and everything will work out and if you're smart and you're better Someone than everybody, for failure yeah if you're smarter and better at these things than other people then you don't have to worry about ever coming back to the hood again or this that and the other no that is the wrong way to think that's the wrong way to treat your children it's the wrong way to raise them to me in yeah. my point of view I don't, I don't want my kids thinking that they could be better than anybody in their own group whenever we have different choices different chances at life and ours are starting at the bottom don't do the drake thing start at the bottom now we're here no you were rich before and you're rich now so shut up 
<laughs> Stop talking about this money and this and that, what you got, what other people don't have. That's a bunch of trash. Mm-hmm. If you can't do for you and put yourself first and then still be able to look back and try to fix certain shit in yourself and around you, then you don't really have any right to speak up on what a good person is. Because that's exactly what white America does. Oh, I work hard for my stuff. Yeah, well, we work harder and we get less, period. We're the ones cleaning up after you, cooking for you, doing think, all this stuff for you. To I think take a lot advantage. of these white folks get jollies off of uh, listening to it all. Like when we talk about like, you know, you did this, you did that. You're the ones who brought slaves here. You're the one who conquered these lands, videos of people mutilated these people and like, you know, and, and ravaged their minds, made them hate themselves. I think there's a lot of white folks actually get joy in that. Like, yeah, yes. we did. Yeah, we did do that, didn't we? You know, I think that I think that does exist where white folks are. They revel in in these uh in these what what I'll what I'll call feats, you know. Um if you look at history books and how is the history books are littered with with uh, all these white generals, these white war fighters, these white um kings and you know and principal presidential types, they're like conducting warfare and strategizing and fucking shit up. I think like looking like looking at it all like you know as as I mean I mean shit man if I was white I'd be like I'm like damn blackie you're right <laughs> like damn blackie this shit feels mad good the fact that my people did this shit to your people get the fuck out of here you know so I think I think I think black I think white folks actually do um revel in all the things that took place in history as a matter of fact there's this one white guy I forgot his name because White people look alike. Joking, just joking. But in regards to race relations, you do because y'all do racist shit. Um, they all say the same, dude, so they're all in the same. Yeah, this one dude, he was like, he was on in, in CNN or something like that on Fox. He was like, no, nah, this is Fox. He was like, you know, white people, you know, we're, I mean, paraphrasing here, he's pretty much saying that white folks guide guide human mankind and human history. Like there's no like there's no other there's no folks who are non-white that actually provided anything that's substantial to mankind, and um, I believe that's how most white folks think. He's just saying shit that that a lot of other white folks are afraid to say, and you know they're getting warm and fu- like warm fuzzies and getting a little a little white you know white Peter, you know because it's not it's it's a Peter for them. Is my little Peter getting like a little, little hard and shit when they say these things? You know, uh, white white people, especially white men, they love validation. They love walking to like say into Asia. They like the they love walking into Asia talking about Asian men's dicks and shit, but they never talk about black dicks. And they, this just this just never happens. But they like talk about some Asian men's dicks and shit, and then they want to fuck all these Asian girls and stuff like that, but. You know, when it comes to black folks, it's like a bit, it's a, more of a challenge. Yeah. You know, um, they, I think they, I think they really do love this self validation. Mm-hmm. It existed when it's place. They like to feel better about this now. I think the uh, men like to feel better about themselves and feel validated, and the women like to play victim and have someone come save them all the time. That's how I see those people. Like Taylor Swift and then um Kim Kardashian, like yeah. the little the the of the, the older white chick who's currently in a relationship. Like, I guess she's Kanye is crazy. Kanye is all in like 
there's a lot of truth to a lot of shit he says. So I imagine that Kim Kardashian is picking up on that shit. And she's like, she's looking at uh, Taylor Swift. She's like, nah, bitch, we got the receipts for that shit. Here you go. Yeah. And um, and it's like she knew about the shit that Kanye was saying in his damn lyrics. Mm-hmm. Get the fuck out of here. So she played the fucking white with a white girl victim shit the whole fucking time. And uh, and everybody bought it. Everybody bought it. To include numerous black folks. Goons. Numerous black folks brought bought that shit. So Well, we don't like black men who are proud of themselves and very aware of how great they are as men. We don't like cocky black men. We like black men who look up to white people, not the ones that expect others to look up to them. Walk around the, with the coon wee or the wee wee? Black folks, as in general, we have been yeah, indoctrinated. The to not yeah. Yes, <laughs> we've been indoctrinated to not accept black men who, and women who accept themselves. You can't love yourself. You can't just date your own people. That's racist. Well, it was illegal to not just a few years ago. So now all of a sudden we're racist because we love ourselves. Sorry, don't mm-hmm. work that way. Absolutely, but uh, you know, going for going on for a bit. Let's bring this podcast to a close. So we we covered a whole lot of uh, coonery that exists out there. Um, it's probably a tidbit that I want to engage in a little longer. You know, next for next uh, podcast. Yeah, we'll have to get into um, the uh, the coon that thinks the Black Lives Matter movement is a threat like terrorist organization with his black ass. We have to talk about um, the blue live shit. Excuse me. And yeah. then the WNBA and all this other stuff that's going Oh yeah, w- yeah. These institutions where uh you have these black athletes. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. the uh the uh the gay community, black community thing and why yeah. why where there there's there's a seemingly okay, there's a divide but there shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so, uh, all right, so for the most part, uh, you know, um, yeah, we covered a whole lot of stuff. And uh, I really do hope that, my sincerest hope is that we can reform all coons, you know. Um, you know, um, the that one guy that was wilding out on me and shit, black dude that was cooning out mm-hmm. i was sitting there like you know one of my um one of my um friends like a black lady who's actually a black lives matter activist and uh in tucson arizona she was like why are you wasting time on this dude and i sat there and thought about it i'm like you know what it's almost like a video game like call of duty i'm like you know what you're right why i'm playing this game i can't reform this guy this dude threatened my life and like you know, by by way of protecting a white chick's feelings, yeah. you know, um, I can't, I can't, I can't reform him. Isn't uh, well? There's also like temporal space, so yeah, it's not going to happen. Today, it is not happening. Maybe thirty years down the line, when he's like sixty-two years old, whatever it may be, I don't know. But today, that day was not that day. She was right. Mm. Keep on, keep it trucking. You're like my skills and talents are, are far wasted, are quite wasted on this 
man on this black it's man so- who decided to choose Kudamitsu while playing Tekken. Yeah. You know, so shit, you know. So I think that's one thing we have like for those who are aware. You can't save everybody. Um, these people might be your parents. They might be those you love. You can't save everybody. Mm-hmm. That's all I got to say about that. Put yourself in a situation. For you don't Hope for the best. Prepare for the worst. Yeah. But anyway, though, for those who have listened to the podcast, uh, if you're listening through iTunes, be sure to click on that comment section. Give us a like or something like that. You know, it really does help out. Um, for those who want to engage in the love or hate mail, the number we have is 202-854-1996. That's 202-854-1996. So this is, uh, the soul brother number one of a kind, the, uh, the grown and sexy, the messy grown and sexy. <laughs> the browns and the, <laughs> the spicy brown cinnamon. Petty We're signing part. out. Yes. Peace. <laughs>